Thank you for joining us today. This is Clint Byers, lead pastor of Forward Church. I pray this message blesses and encourages you. I hope it inspires transformative grace in your heart and establishes you even deeper in your new covenant identity in Christ. Now take a deep breath, become aware of God's spirit within you, and enjoy the message. But this next series I'm going into, I'm going to talk about the heart. I think it's kind of time to go back and go through some of those basics again, and then uh, drill down on some of the practical stuff of how to use the Word of God, how to believe, and the, and, and the power of the Word. You know, I think in a lot of Christianity, the Word is, it's like a standard. It's like you should read it. You should become familiar with what God says and how He thinks. But there's another layer to it, and that is the spiritual life aspect of it. And I, you know, I just don't know that us Christians have done the greatest job of feeding on the Word of God to the point that we're different than people that don't have the Word of God dwelling within them. And I, I'm not trying to, you know, use this as an indictment against the church. I'm all, I more so want to kind of invite us into this this walk with God. That, that is available to us that we're not engaging in on every level. Like something like that, you hear that kind of testimony and you think, well, that's not that, that's pretty simple. All she did was read scripture. But I'm telling you, man, if we could live our lives that way and develop a new track record with ourselves of feeding on the word and real transformation happens, the world will look at us and, and wonder why wow, you're different. Tell me what's going on with you, you know? And, and that, that's really where I wanted to go today and, and talk about this idea of being salt and light. You know, there, there's, there's a passage, and I'll start off with the passage. We can make it through this pretty... I don't want to just be quick, but I want to be concise about why we're looking at what we're looking at. Uh, I really don't have a lot. I got several scriptures to read, but not a lot of teaching wrapped up in it. So I wanted to start with, I don't know why it's a, okay, there we go. This is the passage that we've kind of anchored into the past few weeks, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20, or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Have you ever read through, you know, Exodus and looked at the, the tabernacle that was built for the presence of God, and then you get into Leviticus and then to the books of, you know, where David is mentioned, and you, and you, you, you read about the temple and all of the detail and care that goes into the construction of the temple so that God has a place on the planet where His presence can commune and meet with mankind? You are that temple now. You inhabit the presence of the living God on this earth. Back in those times when the presence of God would, you know, manifest and hover over the Ark of the Covenant, and if you touched it the wrong way, judgment and you die, well, you carry that presence. I just, don't, I just don't think we've sat long enough to, to develop the appreciation of what is in us? 
You know, and, and it's not that you've got to figure out how to get God to do things for you. You really don't. You know, Christianity is not about praying, convincing God to do something for you. Then he moves because you've done something. You've behaved well or you've given money or you've not done this. And so therefore, then God responds. Now, we are in a relationship. He is active. I'm not saying he's just done everything and kicked back and he's just on you know, cruise control. He, he is alive and active in our lives in this earth. But in general, we already have everything that most of the times we pray for. We just don't sit with the Word long enough to let it grow deep within us so that we believe it, like what Sam was talking about. And you're convinced of it beyond any circumstance that you might find yourself in. I think there's a few components to doing that. One is identity, knowing who you are in Christ. When you have a false sense of humility about yourself or you think that you're still a sinner by nature or you still think that God's angry with you or you don't know the sufficiency of the sacrifice of Christ for you, that will rob the word of the opportunity to go deep down within you because you will think that you're not qualified for it. You, you cut it off at the roots because you don't embrace who you are in Him. We focus more on what we've done than who, what He's done, right? So don't you know? Don't you know God lives in you? You are not your own for you were bought with a price. And in a lot of circles, that, uh, that creates a sense of obligation. You know, you hear that. You're not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, you owe it to God to live holy. You owe it to God to not pursue that dream job. No, you don't, you don't get to do what you want to do. You're bought with a price. No, no, no life for you. Only the will of God. You ever heard that kind of preaching? It's like... Uh-huh, uh-huh. When I'm doing the will of God, it's incredibly satisfying and fulfilling. So let's click through a few of these. I just want to talk about being salt and light. And, and what you described, keep in mind what Sam said, the idea of us being church for each other, us being salt and light for each other, practicing it as we gather so that we can go into the world and show people this is what life with God is like. Salt and light. This particular phrase has just sat with me for a few weeks now. Matthew 5, 14, you, this is Jesus speaking to his disciples, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. You are are the light of the world. So that's kind of the, the overall idea that I want to come back to, but I want to kind of circle around this mindset for just a minute with a few passages here. Y'all with me? Let's take a journey around light for a minute. John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him, nothing was made that was made. And then on to 4. Uh, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it or overcome it. This light that comes out of him. And, and we're talking about a light that's not of this world, a light that can't be extinguished by this world, a light that can't 
that this world can't understand, right? And there's a lot wrapped up in this idea of cultivating the Word of God in your heart, especially when you don't understand your circumstances. A lot of us read, it's like circumstances are tea leaves in witchcraft. As if, let me read the circumstances. Oh, this happened. I wonder what God's trying to tell me. Okay, let's see. I've seen that number seven times in the past seven days. I wonder what God's trying to tell me. Oh, this person said this, and then this person over here said this too, and then this, had, this happened. I wonder what God's trying to tell me. Are you with me? Is this, is this connecting with you? People are reading the circumstances to try to understand the will of God. This happened. I got a flat tire. Uh, I got a decrease in my job. And my kid's smoking dope. God, what are you trying to tell me? My kid's not smoking dope, by the way, just saying. <laughs> are you with me, right? We read the circumstances of life. To try to figure, well, God, and that's rooted in the mindset, God's in control. That's rooted in the mindset that everything that happens, happens because God is letting it happen or he decided for it to happen. Listen, if God's in control, he's doing a bad job. I'm just giving you the opportunity to leave. <laughs> because people get upset. When I say that, I'm telling you, people will send messages. Well, if I didn't think God was in control, I wouldn't know what to do. This cancer that's in my family, that's in my lineage, if I didn't think God was in control, I wouldn't know what to do. I know that's a can of worms there, but God gave us dominion over this planet, and it's in the condition that it's in because of the choices of mankind, not because... If you want to know the will of God, you look in the garden, which was perfection, and you look in eternity, he'll set it back to perfection. And in the middle, he sent Jesus. He came here as a human himself, and he showed us what God in the flesh would do, and that is go around delivering people from darkness, lifting guilt and shame off of people, setting them free, challenging them to live better lives, healing, taking upon himself the judgment for sin, that's the will of God, perfection in the garden, perfection in heaven, walking around and delivering people from darkness in the meantime. Everything else is a mixture of what God has given us and what we've done to this planet. It's pretty simple. I didn't plan to go into that, but let's keep going here. And then John 9, 1. Uh, now, man, this, was, this, was, this one's deep. I'm going to go through this one quickly because the, the story here is not the point of the message, although the story is incredibly interesting. So let's just read it. So this is John 9, 1. Um, and uh, Will, I have the translation references. Will and Jimmy, I was thinking about y'all while I was making this nod, wave at me. Okay, thank you. Just making sure y'all hear me. All right. Uh, which Jimmy, by the way, takes these messages and creates a small group discussion outline uh, for anybody to use, and he posts it in the Facebook group. You, got, you guys that are online can use that as well. I appreciate you doing that. All right, so now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. Are you familiar with this story? And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? All right, so why is this guy blind? Whose fault is it? Jesus answers, 
neither this man nor his parents sin. And, you know, I don't know if you realize this, but when the English was translated from the Greek, punctuation was added that's not uh, evident in the original manuscripts that we have. They added punctuation at their discretion, right? Uh, for this to be, and there's a lot, there's a deep, rich discussion to go into this. I mean, there's a lot of background that comes to this same conclusion. I would rephrase, now I'm not saying the Word of God is fallible because you do know it wasn't written in English, right? If we're going to put a period somewhere to make a point, yeah, that's kind of funny. <laughs> it's okay to do that because we're not changing who Jesus is or any, you know. So anyway, here's what I mean. Uh, neither this man nor his parents sinned, period. So Jesus, who sinned that this guy's blind? Was it his parents? Was it this? He's like, neither. It's, another one, it's none of that. However, now, but that the works of God should be revealed in him, I must work the works of him who sent me while it's day, the night is coming when no one can work. As long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. So he answers, neither. And he goes on to say, but that the works of God would be revealed, I'm going to heal him. Christianity, a large part of the church, would teach this as if God made the guy blind so Jesus could come along and heal him to prove he was the Son of God. And by the way, he's going to not allow miracles to happen anymore because he only did that back then to prove that Jesus was the Son of God. Except that when Jesus was tempted in the desert to prove that he was the Son of God by doing something, Jesus said, no, nope, that's not how I'm going to prove I'm the Son of God. I mean, can we be logical with the Word? Why would God create a circumstance that Jesus would do a, an act when Jesus refuted that he doesn't do acts to prove that he's the, will, the Son of God? Anyway, so that's really not the point of what we're talking about today. But it is interesting and it is important. But he says this, As long as I am in the world, I am the light of God. All right? A light of the world, sorry. As long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. And then in Matthew 5, 14, he says, you are the light of the world. Now, let me expand on that. First, this is Matthew 5, 13 and 14. You're the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its savor, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. Now, Instantly, people think that that's regarding, that that's a salvation statement, whether or not you're saved or stay saved. Man, we are fatalistic when we read Scripture because we come across things like this, and we instantly think, see there, you're going to lose your salvation if you lose your saltiness. And you lick your hand, maybe I'm not saved anymore. I don't taste very salty. Yeah, you see you know what I'm saying? It's like we make everything about salvation. That's not just what he's talking about. He's like... You're just not fulfilling your role in the body of Christ. And, and so what, it, what good is salt? It brings flavor. It brings enrichment. It brings fulfillment. You know, that, that's one of the craziest things with this COVID stuff is that you lose your smell and your sense of taste. 
And then you're like, I just don't eat, this food is just not, ugh. You don't even enjoy it anymore, you know? Salt, in its proper usage, makes things enjoyable. The church should be presenting God in such a way where it's enjoyable to live with Him. It's fulfilling. It tastes good. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. If our expression of God takes joy away from people, takes fun away from people, you know, let's be adults, you know, don't read into what saying what I'm not saying. Are you with me? Like Christianity is not... I mean, if that's fun, that might be fun for some people. But then this, it's, then, then this, you're the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Then he keeps on. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a basket. Instead, they set it on a stand and give it, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. You know, and I would say, let your light shine not just in your good deeds, but in your transformation. Don't be embarrassed to tell your stories of, I was this, I was taking this, I went through this, I used to think this way, I used to do this, and now in my relationship with the Lord, I've been led to this. I mean, I, because of my book, Devil Walk, I go, you know, I, I expose it all. And I'm very transparent about what my life was like and who I was and just the, you know, party boy looking for the next high and then encounter God through a bad demonic experience. And I get messages all the time. People are like, oh, man, I can't believe you. Very, I appreciate your honesty and openness and transparency. I'm like, people don't do that. You know, when, like when I first started hearing those responses, I'm like, I thought that's what we were supposed to do is tell our stories, you know what I mean? So, so tell your story. I, I feel like, in fact, one time I was, you know, I, I hadn't talked about it in a while, my testimony, and I just felt like the Lord say, don't minimize what you've been through. Like I didn't want to be known as the guy that believed he was dead and, you know, heard demon voices and, and I had this encounter with Jesus and like I didn't want to be known as the guy that, oh, he believed he was dead for a year. And that be kind of like my stigma. And so I kind of minimized it. But I, but I really felt like the Lord said, no, you need to talk about that. You need to be honest about that. Be open about that. It helps people. People need to hear. People need to know, right? So don't just let... See, the legalist only reads, just let your light shine in your good deeds and your good works. Yes, do that too. But in your transformation, be quick to tell people what you've been through. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And then I just want to fast forward it to this. This is the last little section here because I just feel like this is a charge to us. So, so that what, he's, what I'm about to read here is out of 2 Corinthians 3, bridging into 4. And it's this concept of the glory of the new covenant. He tells the story about Moses receiving the law. His face was shining but the people couldn't withstand it, so he covered his face. There was a veil over the glory of God coming off of Moses. Then he tells about, uh, Paul in 2 Corinthians talks about how now under the new covenant, when those that used to be under the old read scripture, that veil is still there because they don't know the joy of the new covenant, meaning God's not out there, he's in here. And he said, now there's a glory of the new covenant, and that is 
Christ is in you, right? That, that's the point that he's making. And so because of that, because for us the veil has been lifted, because for us there is no veil through which we need to go through to enter the presence of God, because the presence of God is in you, there is no veil for you, right? And, and we want to show people what life is like in our relationships with the Lord. Now, I can hear some of your thoughts, and y'all are sitting there going, well, I'm not, very, I'm not doing a very good job of letting His light transform me. I, I don't have this stuff worked out myself yet. Some of y'all are sitting there thinking that. Some of y'all watching online are thinking that. I don't, I don't have it worked out yet. I, I hear you. I want that. But you, you, like, you're disqualifying yourself. Stop it. Stop disqualifying yourself because you're not as far along as you think that you should be. Hey, you, want to, you want to know a secret? Nobody is. None of us are as far along as we should be. You realize that? Look around. Nobody. Nobody is as far along as we... All of us are limiting our potential. All of us are limiting the effect. God's mad at you because of that? Join the club. And then adopt this mindset of what ministry looks like. Because that's the point that I want to do is inspire you to let your light shine. It's pretty simple. You've heard that type of message many times. But from this mindset, 2 Corinthians 3.17, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom or liberty. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of God, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as the Spirit of the Lord. Then over into chapter 4, Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. Don't lose heart because you're not as far along as you think you should be. But we've renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness nor handling the Word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. In other words, don't be manipulative. Don't embellish. He's, you know, he's dealing with a particular issue in this church. Then he keeps going. Verse 3, 2 Corinthians 4, 3. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded. Don't, don't be afraid of those people because of their intellect. Uh, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Where does it shine on them from? Where does the light of the glory of God, that is the image of Christ, shine on the darkness in the world from? From you. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord. Sam, you said, I, I don't think I pray as good as these guys, but I can trust God. Yeah, you can. That's it. When I'm praying for people, I'm, I'm getting myself out of the way. This is the power of God. I carry the spirit of the living God. I am merely 
a contact point. I'm a prophesying donkey to administer the Spirit of God that He cleaned up to be an acceptable vessel to live in to carry His presence. Quit invalidating yourself because you're not as far along as you think you should be. That's not humility. It's not humility to take yourself out of the equation because you don't think you're ready. It's self-centeredness. We do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves your bondservants for Jesus' sake. For it is the Son of God who commanded light to shine out of the darkness. He equates this gospel that we carry to light shining out of the darkness. You carry the presence of God. You illuminate. Yes, sometimes when you come into a place, people know who you are and your lifestyle. They may, you know, they, they kind of don't want it because they don't want it. Oh, goody two-shoes over there or da, 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 all that Bible thumper. That's, that's the kind of response that we're going to get. They don't like the light. But you know what? The light is going to do what the light's going to do. And if that light is emitted in love and not guilt and condemnation and shame, then those people might kind of dance around in the light a little bit. They might let the light do a work within them. Trust the light to do what it does. <coughs> Honestly, for ministry, I'm not trying to be as good as I can be. I'm trying to be as less of a distraction as I can be. I, I'm not trying to infuse into ministry my understanding and my knowledge. I'm trying to make him as clear as possible. I want people to look at him. Who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God is in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Amen? Now, if you think you're not far enough, you think that it doesn't work through you, you think you've got to do all this stuff to get here so that you can, you are invalidating the work of Christ in you. You are minimizing and limiting the power of God in you. Stop it. Quit constricting the light and love of God flowing through you because of you. Do you hear me? Now, now you got to take and apply that to yourself. Well, how am I doing that? You know how you're doing it. First off, you're not very nice to yourself and your thoughts. Last verse, Romans 1.16. I mean, it's just, it's, just, it's just where it lands. Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God. May your confidence be in the gospel, in God, and not invalidated by you. Are you with me? 
I'm talking to me too. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, not from works to faith, not from faith to works, not from beginning with faith and completed by works, from trusting to trusting, from being persuaded to being persuaded. That's how faith works. A righteous man falls seven times and gets up. Faith to faith means I'm not there yet, I'll probably never be there, but I'm not going to limit God along the way. Then the just shall live by faith. The gospel is the power of God. All the way back up to what we talked about. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. You are a city on a hill. You hold and carry the presence of God within you. We read it. Don't you know, don't you know that your body is the temple of the living God? Don't you know what's in you? Do you, have you even stopped today to acknowledge God is in you? Think about what it used to be like for them to encounter the presence of God and the fact that you carry that. The world is starving for light. Yes, some people love the darkness, and there is a mindset within Christianity that says, well, it's all just going to hell in a handbasket. Don't you see? Don't you watch the news? Don't you see who's in power? Don't you see what's happening? Don't you see that this is being perverted? In the Well, yeah, I see it. But don't you see that the power of God is manifesting in the earth? Don't you see that the church is waking up to faith righteousness? Don't you see that nations like Iran are projected to be the largest uh, percentage Christian nation on the planet within 10 years? Don't you see in these dark Muslim nations, Jesus is appearing to people and telling them, go read the Bible. Don't you see? I mean, come on. Which one are we going to look at? He told us this would happen. Uh, the wheat and the tares. Christianity is cultivating the weeds. We're identifying the weeds. We are figuring out how to section off the weeds. We are examining how the weeds grow. We are examining the smell of the weeds. We are examining the color of the weeds. Are you with me? Are we not cultivating the wheat? Why are we not? Well, don't you know? I mean, don't, they got to know that homosexuality is wrong. Listen, I'm telling you, they know. Now, some of them might, you know, I get it. I get it some brr, embrace. But it's love that breaks through. That stuff that we think is eroding the earth. You're just focused on the weeds. Oh, I, oh, that's an easy fix. You're just focused on the weeds. That's it. There's some weed over here that you can nourish and eat, and you'll be more hopeful. You'll be lighter of heart, not worried. Listen, the devil is real. Evil is real. There are people on this planet that, that have access to control the money, control the mindsets of the people, to do things in this earth that might be affecting these physical bodies. There are evil plans in place to destroy 
the God, the knowledge of God in this earth. There are people that are behind the scenes right now organizing how to wipe out 90% of the people on the planet. There are people that are coming up with technologies to do things. There are people that want, that think that humans are bad for the planet. There are people that think they gain power from child sacrifice. There are people that think that they are gods on this planet because they're demonized, and they think that ruling over people and scaring them and controlling them gives them more power. Evil is real. It's out there. But they don't win. They've already lost. And we have a power in us that's greater than all of that. Quit focusing on the weeds. Quit telling me what frequency the weeds vibrate at. I don't care. I don't want to hear it. I don't care what you got it all figured out. You know why this vaccine is doing what it's doing. You see, it's the plan of the da, 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 da. Well, let's say it uh, sterilizes 95% of our young girls. Is not the Spirit of God more powerful than that? I don't want to be foolish. And I'm not saying that that's what it's doing. It, you know, I'm just saying those are the things that people are focusing on, right? Are they not? Aren't people sending you messages? The church needs to know this. No. Well, let me tell you what the church needs to know. Don't you know that the Spirit of God lives within you? That the gospel is the power of God unto salvation? Let me tell you what you should know. Quit focusing on the weeds, especially the ones in your own life. Now, I get it. Some of you are in some very difficult situations that are legitimate, and it's outside of your control to a degree, and life is not fair. Life happens to us all, and it's challenging and difficult, sometimes of our own making, sometimes true victimization. Stuff happens. I'm not saying everything's going to be duckies and rainbows. I'm just talking about, in your mind, what are you cultivating? Are you letting the weeds rule you or are you fighting to nourish your mind and your heart with the wheat so that you shine that light so that people see who God is? You know, people look at you and they're like, well, you, do you just not care? Well, of course I care, but let me tell you why I think the way that I do. Because what I know, who I really am, if I pop outside of my body, you might watch my body slump and you cry for me, but man, I'm having a party. That's who I am. And so I back that identity into this body, into this earth, and I live from who I am on that side. Because it's true. That's who we are. And if you, if you live with the reality of who you are in that realm, it affects this realm. This realm cannot affect that realm. That realm has major effect on this realm. And we admit it into this earth through the gospel, through love, through Christian brotherhood. They will know that we follow him by our love for one another and our unity in each other, in him, knowing who we are in him and him in us will compel the world to believe that God sent Jesus for them too. Live your life fully aware of who you are in Christ, taking advantage of opportunities to just let your light shine. You don't necessarily got to create a door-to-door -door campaign. 
You, there's plenty of other opportunities. And, I, and we owe it to the world to not limit what's inside of us. Amen? Amen? Amen. Just stand up on your feet and just think about that for a minute. Just make the commitment to the Lord. And if you want to say this with me, just say this. I will not limit God. The Spirit of the living God dwells within me. I carry His presence everywhere I go. And He who is in me is greater than He who is in the world. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We give you praise and glory for what you've done in our lives, and we commit to not limit you inside of us. We want to be fully devoted to those things that you would want to shine through us. And I will quit limiting you by being negative about myself. And I thank you for grace that I can engage, that I do continue to experience in transformation, because, yes, there are some things that we need to clean up. But I'm not going to let those things rob the opportunity for the light of God to reflect through me. I trust you. I love you. And I thank you that you love me, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And I want, I want to leave you with this thought. I feel like the Lord, you know, I don't, I don't like to do hammering offerings to try to manipulate you. I want you to give because you believe that this ministry is worth sowing into. I want you to give because you, you, you want to use your finances to glorify God. You want to use your finances to teach your heart how to trust God. But I want to leave you with a thought that God is working in your life. This is a promise out of Deuteronomy 8.18. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you the power to get wealth. God said, God came up with this. God, it is He who gives you the power to get wealth, that He may confirm His covenant that He swore to your fathers as it is this day. What that means is He swore to prosper Abraham to be a blessed. He was going to so bless Abraham so that Abraham could be a blessing to all the nations of the earth. That is still an opportunity for the church to fulfill. This is still something that God is doing. He is giving you in this moment the power to get wealth. Here's what I want you to understand. You are not limited to the hours that you put in to get dollars, right? Dollars don't... Money is not... It's just all made up. You realize that, right? It's all made up. We all decided this thing means something and we're all going to buy into this system because we're all programmed to think that we got to do this to have this, and we think we need this. It's, it's made up. Every form of it's made up. What's real is God blessing you to have substance to your own needs met, exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think, but also so that you would be a blessing. Learn how to be a blessing with your money, and it will teach your heart how to be a blessing with all of your life. Amen? Father, I thank you for the opportunity to give. I thank you for the opportunity to sow into your kingdom. I thank you for the opportunity to teach my heart how to trust you. And I will be generous. I will not limit you by thinking that I can only have as much in my life as, uh, as my earning potential can give me.